for me personally, I'm trying to have some stability in my life. You know what I mean? Me and my kids and my family, I'm tired of moving around. You know what I mean? I'm 30. I think I'm one of the best defenders in the NBA on the perimeter. I really don't care what anybody else has to say about that. That's just how I feel. Um, as a leader and the things I've seen in the game, I feel like I know a lot in my knowledge and just how to approach. And I'm here to try to make a bigger impact than I've ever had on any team. That was Austin Rivers. I'm your host, Marnie Gellner, and this is Wolves Plus. I'm on the hustle for the glory on the ground for the crown. Not to hustle if you want to, if you do, you're going down. Oh! Great catch, great finish. Towns to go bare. Come on now. That's playing with flow. Towns for three! Carl it is Carl Anthony Towns for court. Certainly is. Edwards spinning and finishing. Austin, welcome to Minnesota. You've been in the league since 2012, so you've been through Minnesota, you've been through Minneapolis a lot. But what have you seen now that you're on the inside about this team or practice facility or people or the city of Minneapolis that you did not know as a yeah. visitor? Um, man, a lot of things. Um, I guess uh, you, you, you end up moving outside of the city. You start to actually get to see for what it is. You know, when you are on an opposing team, you just go kind of straight to the hotel. Obviously, it's a winter sport. We're playing and it's cold outside. So you don't really get to see Minnesota. I only <clears throat> seen it just getting on a bus from bus to hotel. Mm. Obviously, now being here, navigating back and forth to work every day, you know, you kind of get to see uh, all the different pockets here. And um, I've gotten to enjoy that. Um, see some of the culture here. Uh, I don't want to mispronounce or miss say, I think it's like with Somalian. There's a lot of Somalian mm, yeah. people. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're seeing all these people here and different reasons why and cultures and stuff like that. So I just try to get in tune with that stuff as much as I can and appreciate it. Uh, Minneapolis has been dope though. I mean, it's fall right now, so it's really pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I'm, I've enjoyed everything so far, yeah. And you have a little bit of a family connection too because your uncle, great uncle technically, Jim Brewer, yep. was a Golden Gophers All-American. I did yeah. not realize that was your uncle, your dad's uncle, so yep. your great, great uncle. Yeah. And your middle name is James. James. Is that by coincidence or is no, that after I'm him? I'm named after him, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we got a basketball family tree. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I uh, was named after him, and I've gotten to know him a little bit over the years. I haven't seen him in so long, obviously. Uh, but it was um, Chicago, Chicago ties, and, you know, my pops, uh, James, Trying to think who else we have in that family tree. We got a lot of people, but yeah, those are the two guys that kind of held it down. Well, he's a Golden Gopher legend. Yeah, he's I'm a sure legend. You're, well, you're yeah. aware. Yeah. But his uh, his name is very well respected yeah. around here and yeah. around that campus. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it's yeah. my middle name, so I got high expectations. I got to <laughs> hold. I don't know if I can live up to his, but I'll do my best. But you're doing all right. Yeah, you're doing all right. Solid. When you were born in August of 1992, your dad was already playing in the NBA. So you literally have been around the NBA your yeah. entire life, entire yeah. life. Yeah. And when your dad was coaching for the Celtics, I'd read that you would spend time with them, you know, during homestands and especially in the summer when you were out of school. Did you play some one on one legendary one on one games with Kevin Garnett? Yeah. Yeah. He told that story, I think, on one of his podcasts before. Yeah. Um, 
played against I played against all of them uh, for the most part, um, but mainly Kevin and Paul. Paul loved to play, um, so I'd always play against him. Uh, just trying to embrace those moments, you know. I mean, I knew they were only taking it so half serious just because I was an eighth grader or a ninth grader. Yeah, I hope but, so. but for me, I was, you know, that was like everything, you know what I mean? So I would like go really hard and try to compete against those guys. Um, I didn't get to go up to Boston that much just because we lived in Orlando. Um, that was a decision our family made when he got that Boston job. Mm -hmm. We were kind of moving around a lot, and at some point we had to make somewhere home. So we stayed in Orlando, um, but every time I'd go up there, I'd try to make that advantage. But I lived in the film room, though. I was always in the film room. That's kind of oh, really? where, I, yeah, during practice, I never watched practice. I never watched my dad's practice. I would just go straight to the film room, and I would make edits of, like, all my favorite players. Like Celtics players? No, no, other players, every player. Okay. Brandon Roy was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, Darren Williams was one of my favorite mm. players growing up. Dwayne Wade. You know, these are the guys that I like try to model my my game after. So I was always in the film room. Look, they was teaching me how to cut up tape and put stuff together. So that's where wow. I spent my time. Yeah. Impressive. So you're back there just doing putting stuff, highlight reels putting together. Highlights putting highlights reels together. together. Yeah, I got hundreds of uh, VH uh, just tapes in my room still. Uh, DVDs, burning DVDs, burning discs. A film edits, offensive highlights, high, you know, best games. I have every 40-point game Kobe's ever had. Um, I got every 40-point game Tracy McGrady's ever had. Um, every 40-point game Allen Iverson and Dwayne Wade's ever had. I, I lived, I, yeah. I, like you said, I was born into this, man. It's, yeah, clearly. Yeah, basketball clearly. was just what it is, yeah. You had a good mixtape at one point, too, because D'Angelo Russell was just in this very studio talking about how when he grew up, one of the players that he watched over and over Yeah, you. yeah, my, I had a, my high school and college stuff, they put mixtapes together, and that stuff to this day still sticks with me, man. I go places and people are like, yo, you're my favorite high school player ever. I'm just like, I, I take it as a compliment, yeah. you know what I mean? But um, yeah, you never know what those tapes can do for people. You never know like who's really watching you, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I always take it as a compliment, and um, it's been cool to hear that from these guys here. These guys are all younger here, and I'm, like, on this team, and they're all like, man, we grew up watching you play. I was just like, that's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I never thought people would say that to me. You know, I was, I've always been that guy telling someone else I was watching them. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, that's pretty cool to hear, considering that, like, you know, I'm used to usually all stars and superstars are he hearing that. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you get that type of praise as a hooper, it's very fulfilling. Yeah. You um, played your college ball at Duke. You played the one year, and you were ACC Rookie of the Year, the 10th pick of the 2012 draft. Yep. By the time you are drafted by New Orleans, was it just a, a given that you would be in the NBA? Like, because you were so into it, you're so well-known in high school, yep. accolades as, as a college freshman. Was there ever a doubt that you would some way, shape, or form be in the NBA? No, no. Never no. doubt. No, no. I knew I was going to be in the NBA when I was like in ninth grade, ninth, ninth, really? ninth tenth grade, I figured I was going to play in the bath. I was a top player in my class. I had competed against NBA players already at that point and held up my own. You know, I felt even at ninth, tenth grade, I was like, this mm -hmm. is what I would be doing for the rest of my life or something around it. Um, I didn't know what journey I was going to take or what my career would unfold to be, but I knew I was going to be around with a basketball. So I was fully confident in that. Well, eventually, you had a really unique stop in your NBA career that I'm sure you've talked to exhaustion about yeah. playing for your dad. But when you were traded to the Clippers in January 2016, 
I was listening to your podcast when you had your dad on as your guest yeah, yeah. on your podcast, which was a great conversation. And the thing that struck me was the two of you talking about how you had always had your dad as a coach, never your dad as your coach. Yeah. And that the two of you would always talk basketball every time you got together yeah. until he became your coach. Yeah. And then you started to talk about life, life and things outside of basketball. Why do yeah. you think that was? I don't know. I, I think uh, that's who, my dad is a coach. That's just like who he is. You know, I don't, um, for instance, I mean, without talking too much, I, my relationship with my kids is totally different than what I have with my father. Um, me and my sons are, those are going to be my best friends. I'm with them. I put in a lot of time with them. You know, my dad is a coach, man. That's just what he is. So growing up, especially not growing up with him when he went to Boston, I stayed in Florida with my mom. You know, that time, the only time we would get together, it had to be basketball. You know what I mean? That's sure. just like, yeah. I didn't, he didn't have time to be doing all this other stuff. He just didn't. So everything our conversations were, or what are you working on? Or what are you getting better at? Or I watched this game, you didn't do this well, or you didn't do this well. It just became what it was. So when that opportunity came for me to play for him in the NBA, we both had a confidence. Obviously there's a level of uncertainty there, but there was a high level of confidence that it worked because he had always ever been just a coach. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then we became, coach player and it's funny how that works we started talking about other things in life i guess you know we started finding that was the first time in my life i really got to know my father uh, uh like to that level was as a grown man already or a young man um playing for him in uh, los angeles yeah ironic that that would be yes. the time that you yeah. actually talked about things other than yeah that. yeah it's crazy we started building from there um and me and my father have gotten closer over the years um because i felt like i grew up with him i had a heavy resentment with him just because I had to deal with that last name, that shadow, mm -hmm. uh, that stuff used to really bother me um, growing up. I used to like hate being known as his son. I used to, where most kids love that stuff. I'm sure a lot of famous kid dad, kids love having a famous dad. I did not like it growing up. I just wanted to be known as my own hooper, mm -hmm. my own self. I didn't want to have no shadow, no ties. And I like, eventually just kind of embraced that and let that go and understood I should be proud of who my father is. It changed for me when I had kids too. When I was like, man, I, I hope my kids never think of me like the way sometimes I thought of, I think I held him to an unfair standard sometimes, you know what I mean? So as we grow, I guess me and him have just gotten closer and closer. As I've had kids, I've been more understanding of him. So yeah, it's cool. So your career took you to different towns, different teams. You spent yep. the last two in Denver yep. before signing here with Minnesota and your role here for the Timberwolves will be a lot of it focused on defense and depending yep. on the perimeter. And that is a role that you have embraced, but it's not the role you've always had. It's no. probably not the role you envisioned nope. for a long time. Nope. How did you get to the point mentally where you're good with that and you're embracing that and saying like, I'm going to be the defender. Cause that ain't a lot of glory in that. No, there's not, you don't, you're not the one on the posters. You're not the one in magazines and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, you star in a role and things can grow from there. You know, I've always been able to score. You know, I mean, I could score still to this day if I have a game going or if I have the ball in my hands, I think I have the capability of giving anybody 30 points, 40 points at any given night. But I understand on this team, the firepower we have, where I'm at in my career, I'm still young, but I'm not 22, I'm 30. So I got to understand where I, my place is, where my role is, where I can help. Um, and then at the end of the day, you get to a point where you start thinking about what I want instead of what the team wants. 
you know what I mean? What Coach Finch wants, you know, what Tim Conley brought me here to do. Like, these are the things I got to mm -hmm. do. You get paid to do a job, I got to come here and do my job. So I'm going to come here, and, and, and there's a lot of people that go to work not doing everything they want to do. So I, I come here every day and have that right, that, that hard hat on and hang my hat on defense. And then through that, that offense ends up coming. You know what I mean? You just want to get on the floor. You know what I mean? If I'm on the defense, if I'm on the floor to play defense, it's cool, but I'm still on the floor. And when you're out there on the floor, you end up just scoring the ball because you're out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I always hang my head on defense at this point and just everything else will come. This sounds like a lot of veteran and mature talk. Like, yeah, this wasn't how I this wasn't how I talked. This wasn't how I talked six years ago, man. I promise you, I was as hard headed as they come. I was it's funny, I'm reunited with like seven of my coaches here, even Coach Kev. He had me my rookie year, Dell Demps. These guys are the guy, mm -hmm. Tim Conley, these guys brought me in. So they know how I was when I was a rookie. That defensive stuff was out of here. I was, <laughs> I want the ball, I need to be the scorer. I, 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 me, 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 you know, that's what, that's what you think when you're 19, 20 years old. I was an 18 year old in the NBA, like I didn't know any better. Um, and then, you know, your career goes on and everybody has different journeys. My path has been this way. And then you start understanding, okay, this is how you have to be a pro. Um, and you just fold. I thought it was really interesting what Chris Finch <clears throat> said about you too. Uh, he said the last few stops that you've been at, he figured out how to get on the floor and how to make an impact. He fits in where you need him. That's kind of what you were talking about. Yeah. And you had also said about being a role player that a lot of people don't really understand yeah. how hard that is. Because as a starter, you have a long leash, you have a green light, you have 30 minutes, you can go through a slump within a game and get out of it. But as a bench player and a role player, you got to be on and yeah. it's got to be quick. It's got to be and on. That's not easy. No, nah, it's not. Because if you don't got it, they're going to bring someone else off. You know, it's a revolving door, that bench life. You know, um, it's easy to start. I've started. I can't tell you how I've started millions of games. You know what I mean? I was a starter with the Clippers, started a couple others, started in New Orleans. You know, starting is easy. You know what I mean? You get to start out the game, the tempo, the feel, the game comes to you, like you said. But coming off that bench is a whole different type of adjustment. It's way harder. Um, so trying to continue to maximize that. And like you said, yeah, not only fit in, but make an impact. Uh, for me personally, I'm trying to have some stability in my life. You know what I mean? Me and my kids and my family, I'm tired of moving around. You know what I mean? I'm 30. I think I'm one of the best defenders in the NBA on the perimeter. I really don't care what anybody else has to say about that. That's just how I feel. Um, as a leader and the things I've seen in the game, I feel like I know a lot in my knowledge and just how to approach. And I'm here to try to make a bigger impact than I've ever had on any team, uh, not just with my play, but vocally and trying to make a, a stance here. I'm trying to stay here and build something here with these young guys and like be here for the long haul. I'm not here just to come in here and try to make something and get paid. Like I'm trying to, I want to get paid to stay here. So, um, I'm trying to build that every day, and you got to do that by example. So, I saw that today after practice. The team huddles, and uh, it's not open to the cameras, so there's no footage of it. But I saw you walk into the middle of that huddle, and all those players and coaches, and you gave a rousing minute, minute and a half of everybody's got to be doing their parts, everybody's got to come together. That's the kind of stuff you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, just trying to put in accountability even on myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you put it out there, then it's real. You can't turn back. So, yeah. I had read you said, I've become a role player now, a good role player. That's what I'll be the rest of my career, and yep. I'm at peace yep. with that. Yeah. Um, you've also talked about how you're not into your own stats, that you figure you're not going to score 20 points yeah, a game can't at be. this point. You can't be if you're a bench player. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. But that what drives you right now is wins. 
and winning. How deep and how strong is that drive at this point in your career? Man, it's, it's all that's theirs because I haven't won yet. I've never won a championship. You know what I mean? I've won um, the last championship I won was in high school, state championship. You know what I mean? All of, obviously, I was in college for five months. <laughs> so I, 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 and you didn't win it all. No, we didn't win it <laughs> all there. So I was only there for one year. So I didn't really give myself a chance in college. But in, in the NBA, it's, uh, it's, it's usually a, a team will dominate for a period of time. You know, I've been in the league. It's been the Warriors era since I've been in the NBA. It's been like the LeBron or Warriors era. Either one of those teams have won. Uh, so I haven't been a part of those teams, but you know, now the NBA, the landscape, it's, it's a little bit more spread out. There's a lot of teams that could possibly win this year. Obviously we know who the favorites are, but uh, I want to be a team that's, uh, yeah, I want to win. I want to win. There's no better feeling than winning, you know, um, the, f the, f the fulfillment of getting past the first round or going to a second round. I mean, going to a conference finals, like, bro, that's the best feeling you can have when you put in that work with your brothers all year long and then in the postseason you're out there playing. You want to play on the stage, even selfishly for speaking as a player. If you want to get paid, you want to be the accolades, you want to play when everybody's watching, it's playoffs. Everyone tunes in. That's when everyone watches the NBA. Uh, when there's only yep. four teams left, that means you've got a million eyes only on four teams. You know what I mean? Like you want to be in those last, those, those games. So that's my, my drive right now is I want to be in those, that, that stage. Having joined the Timberwolves and, and seen the talent on this team, and you've been on plenty of talented teams, and you've seen countless talented individuals. I just want to ask you specifically about Anthony Edwards, because I've heard you kind of single him out from time to time or on media day. Someone asks, like, who, who's the best handle on the team or what's standing out to you? And you a couple of times, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, he's special. With his young talent, and of all the talent you've seen, what does he look like? to you now seeing him up close and in person every day? Like um, well, he has an infectious personality. You like him right off the rip, you know, right off talking to him. He has an unapologetic, raw energy about himself that draws draws you to him if you kind of move that way. I like, I like that. I, I feel like I'm cut from that same type of cloth in terms of speaking and how it is for better or worse. He, he has that unfiltered just energy, sometimes too much, but Ant's just, he's just 100% him. Uh, he loves the game, he's a worker. Um, he doesn't want to be great, he expects to be great. And there's a difference, you know I mean? Some guys want to be good and want to be this or that, but like Ant expects it, you know what I mean? He already considers himself him. I love that about him. I love how, how he views himself, how he, the standard he holds himself to that young at 21 years old. It's a, it's a turn on as a, as a hooper to, to want to be around that. Um, it's an infectious feeling, you know, to see it's inspiring. You see guys that like carry themselves like that. It almost makes you kind of remind yourself, okay, who, you know, who am I? You know what I mean? Like, so I like, and I like Jaden, um, McDaniels. He's yeah. dude, you talk about talent. Like he's scary. You know what I mean? And we, they got some guys here that bro I'm telling you, um, we keep moving the right way. We gonna have a dangerous team. That's what we're all hoping. Yeah. That's what we're all yeah, hoping. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about, uh, we talked about your dad, but another member of your family, your sister, Callie, who is married to Seth Curry, your former yep, Duke yep. teammate. But yep. I also read that Callie had played volleyball in high school, yep. volleyball at Florida, was a professional volleyball player yep. before retirement. Are we looking at the real athlete of yeah, the Callie, family Callie, here Callie, Callie? Callie actually, no jokes, she was the most athletic um, uh, person in our family. She was the fastest. Really? Yeah, I was, in, I was never faster than my sister. She was the fastest one of them all. Uh, my sister could dunk. Um, 
in high school, but she just played volleyball. She was Gatorade National Player of the Year. Right. Her mm -hmm. junior year, senior year was Gatorade National Player of the Year in college. Uh, she was a stud. Um, and she didn't even she didn't even really work hard either. My sister was lazy as hell. She's just <laughs> just just freak athlete, man. She's just a freak athlete. And then she uh, you know, obviously after the volleyball college career ended, she got into the agency side of things and uh, so on and so forth. But yeah, mm -hmm. she's definitely the real athlete. Yeah. Setting the record straight. Thank you. I yeah, had a suspicion. Yeah, that yeah you no, she that definitely thing. was. Yeah, she was an athlete. Uh, you had tweeted after you signed with the Wolves that you'd been wanting to live in Minneapolis since Mighty Ducks. Where Charlie yeah. Charlie Conway at? Yeah. And talked a little bit on Media Day about your favorite Mighty Ducks movie, D2. Has to be. Why did that movie resonate with you as a kid? Why, why did you watch it so much? I was a big, I love all the childhood movies. I was a big, I still watch them now. My, I drive my girl crazy because she wants to watch some like drama or something like that. And I'd rather watch Heavyweights or... <laughs> Dodge, you know, or uh, bench what, warmers. Yeah, bench warmers. I'm trying to think. What are my favorite? You know, heavyweights, D2, Big Green, um, uh, Ladybugs. Uh, ladybugs. What's Ladybugs? No. Nah, you. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you messed up with that one. He, he, yeah, it's a uh, those movies. Yeah, but D, D2, D1, D3, uh, Little Giants, all, all those like little old Disney movies. They don't really make movies like that anymore. Um, but those are my favorite movies, and I love the Mighty Ducks series for whatever reason. I was just okay. always drawn to it. Um, I've watched each one like a hundred times, especially D2. So, yeah, that was like one of my favorite movies growing up. Have like, you tried <clears throat> to drive to any locations or like no, Google I saw, the scouting? I saw one the other day. Um, There's a scene where they're – the problem is that movie, They, it's all around the city that they yeah. were rollerblading through, and they made it seem like it was one path when it's not. But um, I already peeped that. But there was one place that they – by the park and the water that I saw. I was like, oh, man, this is literally – and then I was in – um. Mall America, uh, where they were rollerblading around, and I, I already saw all the stuff. Like I was like, that's literally the first thing I thought when I walked in here. I was like, bro, this is the scene where Charlie was, he was right here, like right here. Like I got like weird about that. I know that sounds crazy, cause but that's that movie was really that important to me. Like I watched that movie so many times. Apparently, yeah. if you know the background. Yeah, I really do though. Yeah, I know all. I know all of them. I all three of them. All three movies for me. So yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Well, there's your tie to Minnesota. Yeah, there's the tie. Yeah, I, Mighty Ducks. Um, I've also noticed on on your Instagram and some social media that you have an interest in NFT and crypto. Yeah. Is it just like a curiosity or are you like no, trying I have, to figure this whole thing out? I have out? a I have my own tech company that I that I that I um I'm the CEO of and run. Um player edition. Um pretty much we're we're trying to take back the power in terms of how much crypto and NFTs are getting made off and NBA players and NBA players okay. aren't seeing any money from it. Um, there's a lot of big companies, you know, I'm not going to say their names, but there are some big companies out there that are making billions off NBA players and NBA players aren't seeing a dime of it. So uh, I'm trying, our, our company's goal is to not only uh, get NBA players involved, but get them knowledgeable about the crypto space. Um, you know, again, that's a space that it's not concrete yet. It will be here and it's not going anywhere, but like everything, it just has to continue to be built off consistency. Mm -hmm. um, so that market will continue to adjust over time. Um, I try to teach some of these guys about it. It took me a while to learn that whole, it's a whole yeah, different it, world. It's a whole Yeah, it's a whole world. different world. I'm still learning. I'm probably like six, 50% there, you know what I mean? Uh, Cause there's that much information involved, but yeah, I love that stuff. I'm into it. It's fascinating. I, yeah, I try to diversify in anything I can, man. So why not? You're also a huge car guy. Like you yeah. have an Instagram account just for your cars. Yep. 
I was peeping on it. You have some nice. Uh, you have some nice cars. You have the yellow Mercedes with the Gullwing. Yeah, Gullwing door. Yeah, black um, series. The the Porsche Chrome Flare Python Green. Yep. Oh, color. you did your research. Look at this. Um, but but what I was <laughs> yeah. thinking while I was looking at these beautiful, gorgeous cars is, do you have a Minnesota car, and in particular a Minnesota winter car? Like, yeah, I got a, I got a truck. Up? I got a truck here. Yeah. So I just have a normal normal truck. It's gonna get beat on. I don't bring. I didn't bring none of my toys up here. We're not no. gonna get the salt. The winter salt. They won't. On those cars. They won't touch Minnesota. No. Maybe next summer. Because uh, it's beautiful here. I'll yes. bring them in the summer. I actually wish I had one of them here now in the fall because I love driving cars through the fall. Um, Greenwich is one of my favorite places to drive a car through um, when, the, when it comes fall and the trees are like sure. orange mm -hmm. or red. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's great. Drive like a stick shift Porsche through there. That's like my yeah. dream. I just want to, no music playing top down or windows down, just hearing the engine driving my, my car, just me and my car. Yeah, that's like what I want to do. That's all I do is look up cars, do stuff with cars outside of basketball. If it's not basketball, my kids, it's something to do with cars. It's cars. Yeah. Well, Minnesota, if you can take that drive, this would be a beautiful place to do it in the fall on a beautiful day. We've got the hills, the trees. Yeah, it's yeah. Spectacular. I didn't know it was like that here. I really didn't. I didn't know y'all had all of this to offer. Just being here for a month now, seeing all this weather, the colors. I didn't know you got four seasons like this. I always thought of winter soda. Minnesota as winter soda. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Winter got, soda. Yeah, we have a summer too. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Fall. I didn't know. Yeah. I thought it was just a blizzard here. I thought it was Winterfell. I didn't know what this place was. But now that I've gotten to like know this place, I'm like, man, this is actually kind of dope. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. mom's from Wisconsin. I got cousins and uncles here too, so I got some Midwest ties okay. and some people out here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it true that you get a haircut before every game? No, nah, no. Nah. Okay. But I do get one once a week. Once uh, a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's flying in so right you just now. Just like to stay clean. Same barber, same barber. He lives in Orlando. He's he's on a flight right now. He's on his way here to cut my hair. To cut your hair, yeah. And then he flies right back. Yeah. You are not just gonna no fly into no. it. No, that's how you get your hair pushed back. That's how you get your hairline messed up. I'm trying to keep this as long as I can. Otherwise, I end up looking like Doc. <laughs> my pops. My, Ain't nobody wants that. Yeah, my pops lost hair a long time ago. I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to be on my mom's side. I'm trying to keep this hair okay. as long okay. as possible. So I got. The more consistent your barber is, the more consistent your hair is going to be. So it's yeah. like once a week, once every two weeks. It can get a little pricey, so I don't fly them out once a week. Flying out to get a haircut's nuts as is, but I just don't trust people with my hair. So I'm very, very, very picky about that stuff. Okay. Yeah. And you like cologne? I yes? do like cologne. I like okay. smelling good. Yes. 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 Okay. Well, um, the quote I read from an article <laughs> you did or a podcast. Well, you, I got You did some research, man. This is. <laughs> This you said, uh, I feel like I have to smell good. Mm. I'm self-conscious about how I smell. When I was young, I used to like curve and axe. Yeah, when <laughs> I was a kid. Yeah. But then you graduated to the nicer department yeah, stores. And yeah, then you yeah. would spend like an hour yeah, just smelling do. different things. Yeah. And you said trying to figure out what's different. Like, give me something that not everybody's buying. Yeah, I don't want to smell like everybody else. Yeah, I don't. I have a thing. If I, if I find out someone has the same cologne, if I, if I, or if I smell, if I spray something on me and someone like, guesses what I have on, I'll never wear it again. Really? It really bothers me that someone can smell just like me. I don't want to go into a place and have another man smell like me. Does that okay. make any sense? Yeah. yeah I, I, yes. I just don't. Yeah. Even it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be expensive okay. uh, uh, cologne. It could be ten dollars twenty dollars it has to be like a multi hundred dollar bottle of cologne like i just want to smell unique something that smells like me um 
and I like to go get like off brand stuff, you know, people who are making boutique colognes, mm -hmm. so you get that mainly in New York and stuff like that. Well, but. would you mix? Would you buy a few and try to like post? I would your do own? that. I would try that, but I just I don't know too much about it, so I've never done it before. Um, but the other day I bought a cologne and somehow Aunt knew what it was. Aunt was like, "That's something, something." So I, you're like, oh. I, I gave that shit away that day. I gave it away to my friend. I was like, "You had this. I'll never wear it." Yeah, it blew my mind when he t when he said the the name of the cologne. I was like, oh my God, I thought I was doing something with this one. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't always get it right. Oh, that's great. I've never heard anyone, never heard I'm anyone. I'm a weirdo, so man. I'm a true weirdo passionate. and I, I'm, I, that's just who I am. I, yeah, my, but that, that, yeah. all of that is unique. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, if you were, if, if yeah. you were boring, then this would not be a great interview. Yeah. My friend has a crazy story. I, I went to a wine department. I'm sorry, wine. I went to a cologne department and I got like four or five colognes. And on my way out, you know, the people were trying to be nice, so they gave my friend all the samples of the clone that I just got. They're like, oh, here's little samples of what your boy just bought, da da da, da. So he goes back and he sprays his little stuff on, but he smells just like me, bro. So he went out on a run. I took all his samples and I put them shits in the sink. I started hammering each one, breaking every one. And he came back and all his samples were crushed. And he was like, yo, what'd you just do? I was like, bro, there's no way I just spent all this money for you to spit, smell just like me. To this day, he tells this story to everybody. Like, he thinks I'm the most selfish individual for doing that. But I just, I have a thing about not being, yeah, I don't like people to smell like me. It's weird. You're you. Yep. You're Unique. You. Unique. Yep. True. Um, you have several. <laughs> See, even you crack yourself up. Yeah. That's, that's how bad it is. Yeah. Um, you have several tattoos. Yeah. And it, um, you had said you got your first when you were in high school and your mom was furious. Yeah, she was She's happen. over it, but was that the M-O-A-M? Yeah, yeah. Man on a Mission? Yeah, Man on a Mission tattoo on my wrist. First tattoo. In ever. high school? In high school, ninth grade. Ninth, ninth grade. Yeah, ninth grade. Uh, got my first tattoo. Uh, tenth grade, sorry. It's tenth grade. Okay. Tenth, tenth grade, I got my first tattoo and she wasn't the biggest fan of it. But I think at that point she already knew like he's going to, he was already I was already heading that direction yeah, might be his first not his yeah, last. yeah she's like this ain't gonna be his last oh it wasn't because like after that she was mad but after I got away with it then like a month later I got my chest and then after that I got this and then I slowed down and then when I got to the league I got a couple more but I haven't gotten a tattoo in a while I haven't got a tattoo in like three or four years I've all had these all for right. yeah I've had these for a minute um a couple of them I'm removing um and then a couple I'm redoing and that's it I'm done but yeah, I got already too much ink as is, so I'm I'm good where I'm at right now. Okay, that that M O A M. Do you say MOM or do yeah, you mom. just say M O A M? Either or okay. MOM, M O A M stands for Man And that on a is mission. your AAU team. Not that you play on the AAU team that you. Yeah, support. I started. You it's going to be changed though. I'm changing the name. Um, it's going to be uh, Austin River or River Select is what okay. my team. is. They're with Adidas, uh, an Adidas brand new Adidas program that I'm that I'm. Um, taking this year so I'm really excited about that mom's just kind of like my business LLC type thing okay. but yeah it's always going to be with me as the man on a mission I started in high school and uh people have gotten tatted on them and I've had people come up to me with the MOAM tat on their wrist but yo I got this too you know my mission is uh I'm a chef and this 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 because it applies yeah. to anything yes. you want um I've had girls reach out like why don't you have a one WAOM why are you only boys <laughs> I'm like yeah I, I didn't even think of that you know what I mean but so yeah, it's just trying to inspire people to be the best of themselves and mm -hmm. everyone's life is a different journey and a different mission. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. Your um, last thing I wanna ask you about 
personally is being a dad because you brought yeah. up your boys and I think they're about four and yeah. one and a half. Yeah, four and uh, 19 months yesterday. Okay. Yeah. What do you like most about being a dad? Um, the way they look at me, the way my boys look at me, um, like the energy and fulfillment I get, like when I come home, uh, even today or from a road trip or just when I'm around them, the way their eyes are at me, like they're just enamored by me. Um, to have that level of like love, unconditional like that, it's just something that can't be explained until you're a parent. Um, so they are my everything. My kids are, they mean more to me than any basketball or any car or anything could ever mean. Uh, I throw everything away from my kids. So um, yeah, that's my favorite thing about them. It's just that unconditional love they give me, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah, nothing. There's yeah, nothing it's like the best it. feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, that's you as a dad, and whenever your playing career comes to an end, we don't know. Do you feel like in the end you will also be a coach? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, I love the game so much, so it's hard for me to say no. You know what I mean? But also, like, I have this business side of me that like. What Tim does for a living is like I want that job. Tim I want, yeah, I want that job. I want to be what Tim is. I want to be uh, ahead of a team that way. Um, what Finchie does, man, that, that that job is man. Them hours are long. You know, being a coach, I get yeah. the only reason. I guess I because I saw it growing up, man. I like my dad was never around, man. Like you got to be at the gym early. You're usually the last one to leave. You got to go home. You got to write the plays for everybody. You got to stay in touch with every player. You got to make sure every player is okay because. Some players going to be playing, some aren't going to be playing. You have to make the calls. You have the most pressure. It's one of the most unsecured jobs in the sport of the NBA right now. If you, you know, the coach is the most expendable, you know, it's a players league. So it's different from back in the day where coaches were coaching 10 year terms. You coach big time coach and get fired. You know what I mean? Like, it's just mm -hmm. different. That coaching stuff is stressful. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I already spend too much time away from my kids as is now. So if I were to get into coaching, it'd have to be something later. I, I just don't know. Okay. I don't know. So maybe stay in basketball. Maybe oh, I'm going to be in basketball. Okay. It, yeah, it's just it might not be coaching. It might be the front office gig type vibe. But okay. we'll see, though. I'm, you know, I'm, it, things could change four or five years from now. I don't know yet. Get your whole life. Yeah, in. yeah. Just trying to take yeah. it one day at a time. But yeah. Well, you are an interesting individual. Oh, thank you. I'll take it as a compliment. It is meant <laughs> as a compliment. All right. Yeah, you are interesting and, <laughs> and engaging. So it's been nice to get to know uh, you. Thank you. Likewise, thank I appreciate you. it. Yeah. Thanks.